one, I'm curious between the moment you walked out the suite and mm-hmm. came back, what's this like? What's this? How much time has passed? Forty five minutes. What? Forty five minutes. Yeah. I had sex in between then, so it was about <laughs> yeah. twelve minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I did the math. Oh Lord, Jason made another one. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Brandon Jinx Jenkins, and welcome back to another episode of the Rap Caviar Podcast, which you can watch exclusively on Spotify. This week, we're talking to the architects of the album of the year contenders, Soul Sold Separately. Can't believe I'm saying this. First up, we have the king of R&B, Freddie Gibbs. What's up, man? Big Red, yes. <laughs> His longtime manager, Ben Lambo Lambert, and senior VP of A&R Warner Records, Norve Denton. What's up, y'all? In this thing, man. So, Lambo, this is like you're, you're not behind, like it's not Wizard of Oz anymore. You're like out here with us. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes I got to step out and see the public. Yeah, yeah. Go, yeah the niggas of Oz. The yeah. niggas of Oz. <laughs> go back into the dojo. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think for us, man, the first question um, going into this, uh, what were you guys trying to accomplish? Because I feel like for a lot of us, the last three, I want to say three years, four years, you've been dominating like, yo, heavy high-end rap circuit, right? Like, we all know you for these these products we lived through in the pandemic. Right, when we had nothing else going on. We're like, yo, this is the shit that makes us still feel like something's going on, something that excites us. But this project, this time around, is a major label debut. Right. Correct? Which feels, that feels so crazy to think about. Yeah, man, because we've been putting in so much time in the game, man. Like, for this to be like the first one, it's like, wow. You know what I mean? But that's just a, a testament to, you know, what we've been doing and uh, and what and what we work with, you know, very little to, you know, get, you know, and... We ain't tripping, man. I think that, you know, like you said, we was trying to accomplish with this album is just, you know, um, just give people uh, a real rap album, man. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, keep these bars alive and things of that nature and like, you know, uh, you know, real transitions, real music, real, you know what I mean? Real R&B on there, like real, you know, like we just used all the elements, you know what I mean? And threw them in the gumbo pot, you know what I mean? And we, you know, we felt like people weren't really doing that no more, you know? Damn. I mean, do you guys feel like that? Like when you look around the rap spaces and feel like there's an album that feels big or thorough? Yeah, I think like the idea here was, you know, we've been doing a certain type of thing for so long with with really no budget. You know, like we never we never had a budget, which is crazy because those albums do sound big. The beats are phenomenal. Like the raps are great. Like it don't it don't feel like that. Yeah. But, you know, it was like it shows what can happen just with taste and quality and just being very like particular about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's like you could have you could have this beautiful car and people can look at it and admire it, but it's hard it's not really gonna go anywhere without gas. So so we were like driving in a certain lane, mm. but I feel like we put gas in the car now and like we're able to take this car and take it to way more people than before, you know? Yeah. No way for you. Um what do you feel like this album's doing differently than maybe some of the prior work um that Freddie was doing before the label work? I think sonically it's an elevation just because he's probably at his most comfortable state, most confident state he's been at in his career. Mm. So I'm like, you know, being a fan first and just watching the transitions first, you know, strictly as a fan and then like from like 2014 as a, a close friend and like, you know, trying to sign him multiple times over and over, seeing what him and Lambo were able to do. I just wanted to be able to add to the process. And I think, you know, to Lambo's point, is it was really about being completely complimentary because mm. he's been performing and the music's been at such a high level consistently for so many years. How do you come in and add to that without uh, messing up the chemistry? So, it, you know, that delicate dance, me and Lambo probably spent 12 months just 
swapping beats and Damn. trying to find the right balance between producers before we even would bring stuff to him because we wanted to make sure we were focused within our vision. Yeah. I was going to ask what that partnership looks like. Like, especially when um, you're dealing with A&Rs, a lot of times it's like finding artists, signing artists, and then getting them to break. But you're dealing with artists who's like, yo, I got my thing built, you know, and people know me for this. I mean, let's just keep it real. Y'all motherfuckers thought we was going to fuck it up. This, uh, the, yeah, they thought that we was going to hmm. fuck it up. They thought that we was going to sign on a major label and we was going to do this reaching bullshit and we was going to try to motherfucking reach and do some dick-sucking-ass, punk-ass shit and try to get on the radio with all hmm. the, you know what I mean, and try to make some commercial-ass shit, you know what I'm saying? They thought that we was going to come over this motherfucker and make a reach, but we ain't do that. You know what I mean? We kept the shit concise. We got now, 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 we got records that's going to go on the radio. Yeah. But like I said, that just you know, uh, is a testament to, to what the fuck we do. You know what I mean? Who's to say that some of Alfredo shouldn't have been on the radio or some of fucking Bandana shouldn't have been on the radio? You know what I mean? It's a difference now because, you know what I'm saying, we with a, a bigger company or whatnot, but shit, you know, shit, we've been slicing these motherfuckers' throats and that, we wasn't going to come over here and fuck it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we fucked with Norvay because... We knew we wasn't going to fuck it up with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? We knew that he was going to come in and add to the equation and, you know what I mean, and elevate us to where we needed to be. Like, shit, we could have signed with a lot of motherfuckers, man. You know what I mean? Like, don't believe the myth that, oh, man, bro, Freddie Gibbs, man, I could have did any kind of fucked up situation. But I ain't want to do that. You know what I mean? That's, you know, I, we held out for the right thing. You know what I mean? And right now I'm at the top of my game. It ain't a lot of motherfuckers that be at the top of their game this late in their career. You know what I'm saying? They be trying. They be reaching. You know what I mean? Or at the top of their game and able to orchestrate a deal. Sometimes you're at the top of your game, but you're stuck at the back end of a, a fucked up deal, right? Yeah, but you got to prove yourself, man, to get mm -hmm. where you want to be. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, I feel like even with this shit, I had to, you know, prove myself to, you know, the people in the building at Warner, you know, to let them know that, like, okay, like, I'm going to do what I got to do. You know, just trust me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And shit, with that trust, you know, I, you see come results, you know? What's that dance between being like, yo, we want stuff that feels more thoughtful, more considered without, like you said, like that, this is, this is different than what I was doing before. But it's not, a, I'm not playing for the commercial. I'm not tap dancing. I had to know? break out of that shit. Uh, I, I get tired of motherfuckers saying, like, I'm an underground. Like, underground? How am I an underground rapper? Mm. Really, I don't really give a fuck. Underground, upperground, overground, <laughs> overtown, uptown, downtown. <laughs> you could, Julie Brown, I don't give a Julie. fuck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, like, uh, I mean, like I said, man, I don't really think it's five motherfuckers that walk the earth that can rap better than me. Mm. So classify whatever the fuck you want to classify that. You know what I mean? Like, shit, it definitely ain't, you know, it, it ain't too many rappers that tour more than me. You know what I mean? All of that shit sell more merch than me, so I don't really, you know, shit. I don't really compare myself to none of these niggas, really. I feel like I really carved my own lane in this shit, to be honest. You know what's crazy, too? When he was, I feel like this is the album you were supposed to make on Interscope. Correct. Just way evolved, because when he was on Interscope 2005, 2006. Yeah. He had a whole album with Alchemist Beats, mm -hmm. Three Six Mafia had a beat Rodham. on there, J.R. Rodham, <laughs> Pole of the Dawn, so like, Bink, all that. Damn. We had Mad Lib Beats in 2005. Yeah, we did. Which is crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's almost like at a certain point, people, we, we went into that world because that, that was the world for us to be in. But Freddie was never like an underground rapper. He didn't grow up listening to underground rap. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like he was with Jeezy. I was at Stone's Throw. Yeah, we were always doing both. You know what yeah, I mean? Always, and that, like I said, that balance. Me and him got, you know, he introduced me to a lot of things that I didn't know. You know what I mean, rap wise. And I'd be like, damn, he's like this motherfucker bumping uh, uh, screw tapes I never fucking <laughs> yeah. heard of. And I'm like, damn, okay. So you know, his his Lambo's musical palette is so wide, it spread mine out, and that made me a better artist mm. uh, over overall. 
what may now the right time for the partnership, right? Because again, like, you know, I think a lot of us, especially in the audience, we can get trained on a certain idea. Like, okay, like uh, Freddie's going to partner with a producer and we're going to get another, you know, great tape like that. And it's not that we try to box you in as much as it's like, we liked it. So we want that again. So what made this the right time to be like, I want to work with a various group of producers, package it together, sequence it, and make this thing feel more... Uh, uh, I keep trying to find the word for it. I don't want to say bigger. I don't want to say rich, but it feels... Evolved. Evolved, yeah. There you go. And, 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 it's and, an A&R, right? I think you answered, you answered your question right there. We needed to evolve. You know what I mean? I feel like, uh, you know, it's a lot of guys that come and, you know, hit the nail on the head with the same formula every yeah. time. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, I, I love Alchemist and I love Mad Lib, and those albums made me... You like the the rapper that I am, you know mm. what I mean. But I definitely had to um, show and prove on this project to show that 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 those albums made me sharp enough to even make this. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I couldn't uh, keep with the stigma like, oh, he can only rap on on Madlib, so he can only do an album with Alchemist, or, or you know what I mean, to get nominated for a Grammy or something like that. I had to like step my game up, you know what I mean, to elevate all of us as a whole. You know, yeah, the timing too, the timing and the alignment, and everything like. What made this the perfect time is like, you know, it wasn't forced. Everything was organic. And even when you listen to the records on the project, like, there was never any agenda. Like, we're going to make this record. We're not gonna, we literally just went in and, like, me and Lambo can kind of sit back and build stuff around him knowing that he's going to deliver the best fucking raps. Yeah. Period. Like, we never have to, like, we can go just hand him a record and give him our opinion and our thoughts on a beat or something like that. And, He'll black out and we get it. It'll be like, holy shit, like you you continuously impressed with what he comes with because it's never what you think it's going to be, you nah. know. So it's like you don't really have to. Nobody has to try that hard. And it's not a bunch of scraps on the table. Like we recorded with intent and purpose. We didn't have 60 records. Yeah. Like you heard the majority of the shit, you know, and if you haven't heard it, you will hear it. There's not a lot of scraps on our product. And they Damn. and Lamb Lambo and Norve, they made this shit real easy. That's probably why it's the best album that I ever made. Cause because of them two. Cause they made this shit so easy. They set every play up for me. Everything I had to do, I was just walking into it, walking into it, walking into it. All I had to do was just shit, knock it down and kill it. It's like running an offense, but like yeah. put him in spots where he knows he's gonna hit the shot. It's it was a, a real triangle offense for yeah. real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you have a real like star player, it's like just get to the elbow, you know? Right. It wasn't it. it it makes it a lot easier when it's... Yeah, they know. definitely... Every song and, you know, uh, beat that we pick, they put me in position to win. You know what I mean? Like, mm. to like, like I said, to grow, to uh, elevate. Like, even with the song that we did with James Blake, like, y'all wasn't expecting that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like... <clears throat> but if I stay stagnant, you know, it, there, there's no growth. So we, we... Like I said, they put me in position to win and to grow with this album. Now people is just like, damn, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I didn't even know, you know, so. The song I really wasn't expecting that comes through early in the album is with Kelly Price. Ooh. Like, <laughs> that shit is nuts. You know what I mean? And the thing I like about it, too, is sometimes when people do, uh, they get a feature outside of what we think or we know about them, right? Um, sometimes it can be gimmicky, right? Or you're like, okay, it's like these two worlds coming together. But this felt like, one, it felt like y'all knew each other. <laughs> like, Man, that was, you know what? Norvay ran that play, man. I, I I think he actually went and found her at church and just took the mic in there and just recorded <laughs> that, that, dog, because that's the way that sounded, man. It yeah. was like, I was like, man, I met my mom at church. Yeah. You know, so I had to go in there and do that, you know? Yeah, so it, this we in Miami, and he's at the this literally fourth quarter, you know, at the five-yard line, 30 seconds to go, and we had a beat for the intro that... He felt just didn't match the energy that he wanted. 
And so he told me a Lambo. He was like, I don't want this fucking beat. Find another beat. And he was telling us, like, his vision for what the intro sounded like. So I'm like, okay. I walked out. I was like, okay, cool, cool, And cool. then we start scrapping around. Like, I walked out. The, I walked out his suite real composed, like, all good, all good. You know? I get on the fucking phone. I fuck. walk out the door. Lambo, call every fucking producer. <laughs> you know, I hit everybody, bro. We got, I mean, the, the, the list of... A-list, B-list producers, C-list producers. We B-list. We call I was digging up old USBs that people handed me five years So that's years why you ago. hit me. I'm over here like... Yeah, yeah. I got jinx <laughs> making beats. I remember I'm going down. I'm, I'm, I go down to the Fountain Blue and I'm sitting in the uh, the grotto where people, cars pull up and I had ordered Postmates so I'm waiting on some Doritos and I'm calling people frantically. I'm eating these chips out of nervousness and I call my homeboy Money and I said, I need a record that sounds like... Uh, Golden bars falling on piano keys in the middle of Miami, <laughs> and uh, and he was like, "What does that sound like?" I was like, "I don't know, but just I need it." And I'm, I'm like Lambo sending me records and shit, so I go back up to the suite, and my brother Money sends me uh, shout out to Money. He sends me like four beats, mm. and I get in front of the front door, and he's not answering the door because he on the patio. <laughs> so he can't hear me So I'm knocking I'm standing at his door In front of his suite For like 10 minutes So I said Fuck it I'm gonna just play these beats And I played the first three And I was like That ain't it And then all of a sudden The, the very last beat I play it And it's like They said it couldn't be done They said yeah. it couldn't be done You feel me? We ran out the whole top floor You did? South Beach Turn me up thirst I, I, I had all I had to get all my hoes here and I was like, oh, my fucking God. Like, this is it. I called Lambo. I said, Lambo, I got it. I got it. Like, I walk in the room. Finally, Thirst, our engineer, opens the door for me. I needed that 10 minutes so bad. Like, <laughs> that's how I know it's a God. I needed that 10 minutes. I go in the room, and I play the beat for him, and I'm nervous as shit. Like, please. Because if he don't like it, he's going to tell you, no, that ain't it. You I'm know what I'm saying? Go, I was going to go to strip club if I ain't fuck with him. <laughs> Because I was working on that other one all day, and I was like, man, this is some bullshit. I don't know. Yeah. It ain't locking up. It, it ain't locking get, up. Yeah. And this is the very last song. I played it for him. He listened to it for like two minutes. Stopped it, started, stopped it, started. He said, yeah, that's the intro. Okay, let's go. And that was that was it. And the rest was just reaching out to Kelly. Because, you know, you hear records, you hear certain people, you hear certain energies. That one, you know, to his point, just we needed to go to church on that one. Needed to. So there's a couple of things about this. Uh, one, I'm curious, between the moment you walked out the suite and came back, what's this like? What's this? How much time has passed? 45 minutes. What? 45 minutes, yeah. I had sex in between then, so it was about yeah. twelve minutes. <laughs> like I did the math, but I had flown back to LA that day. <laughs> that like literally, he had left like eight hours ago. Damn! And I'm calling him frantically, like, bro, we gotta find. And then the other part that's crazy to me is that you said that part's the crazy part, and the easy part is getting Kelly Price. That's nuts. That's a that's a that's like big sis. So she's always there to support. That's crazy to me. Yes. She don't fuck with everybody, so thankful. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. That was love. That's one thing I was going to say, too, is like the timing of us doing this album now, you could, I was like searching for a James Blake and a DJ Paul, and they were getting back and being like, yeah, let's get in the studio. Yeah, let's do it. If it was five years ago, they might have been like, who are right. you? Or You know? Mm. But like, James came right to Shangri-La the next day. DJ Paul got right in the studio, like you know what I mean. The next day, James and invited he, us to the he, house. Yeah, that's my mate. That's my real mate. <laughs> yeah, these are like our heroes. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So the fact that they wanted to be a part of this, and everyone that was on it, everyone we worked with, they wanted to be a part of it. It wasn't like right. us forcing anything. And so, I think that's that's just 
a testament to like building something to a point where you, you're able to do that, you know? When you say Shangri-La, this is a Rick Rubin studio. Yep. Is Rick there and you guys are working with him? Um, sometimes. sometimes. He's, he's all over the he's place. A ghost. What's an interaction with Rick Rubin like? Like, what's the... All I see from Rick Rubin is... Um, I was telling someone, like, Rick Rubin Instagram quote cards yeah. got the hood in the headlock. Like, because it'll be like... Uh, like maintain your peace or some shit like that. And I'm like, you the craziest motherfucker. I know. What are you doing posting Rick Rubin? You're not Rick Rubin. But what's the Rick Rubin interaction like? Uh man, Rick Rubin is definitely um gotta have one of the widest ears in music of just his palate. Yeah, hell yeah. Like he he definitely listened to a lot of stuff. Like I remember when I was on the phone phone with him, he was like, Man, I just love you and Maxo Cream. And I was like, damn, you listen to Maxo Cream? That's, That's fire. Like, right. And I was like, I did I wasn't expecting that. And I was like, damn, okay, all right, yeah, I fuck with Rick. That Rubin. was always his thing, though, because he was with the Ghetto Boys. Yeah, the and fact, he was working facts. on the fact Red that Hot he, Chili uh, Peppers, yeah, he, he got, he got, like I said, he got one of those ears, man. Like, I mean, shit, motherfucker started Def Jam. I it's mean. like good is good to him. Yeah, yeah he just exactly. knows when he hears it. Yeah, it's like every time I talk to him, he like sitting Indian style, meditating or something like that, levitating or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> so, you know, I just look at him. I don't know. He's just like a mythical figure to me, man. I, you know, I got love for him, and I'm glad that we get to work with him, man. It's a pleasure. You guys are talking about this evolution of, like, how things have changed over the last, like, five years, right? I think even as a rap fan in the last two, of just, like, how many people have come uh, come aboard, like, the Freddie Gabe's train, and they're like, yo, I'm a fan. I love the music. Also, it's feeding them for something I think rap is... Uh, I think rap is lacking. Like, I'm not trying to just shit on no one else, but I just think, like, there's a rap you grew up on and a rap you like and there's a quality of it. Speak the truth. But, you know, it's like people people actually aren't rapping, you know, which is, like, crazy. Cause it's, and that's what I'm saying, but it's like, we not calling that out. We just, like, we just rolling with it because it's, I mean, guys just, like, making sounds. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't even be understanding the words some of these guys be saying. And I get, I get it, man. It's music. And, I, you know, and I'm not here to, you know, I'm not no... But it's, it's different when you label it rap. Yeah, I right, think yeah. I think I think we're at a point now where just like rock and roll music, mm -hmm. we need to be separating. Rap's been around long enough. We need to separate it into Sub micro genres. Yeah, yeah. Because like if you listen to a punk song and you listen to a folk rock song, they're both rock. Yeah. But they're in different places, you know. Right. Everything is rap, but Yeet and Playboy Cardi, I, all that stuff's great. Mm -hmm. But it's completely different from something. You know, and, even, how, and even, how we talk about him. How yeah, we country him. music got thirty different categories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you got like and that's outlaw country and pop country, country pop. And yeah, I just feel like we need to. That needs to be happening. You know? Yeah, it's um, low key racist to just group everybody. But oh yeah, facts, facts. It facts. is. It's low key fucking racist. Because a lot of it is if like you can, if you can decipher and. and 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 put so many different genres and, and sub genres in a country music. Why? Oh yeah, just throw all the niggas in a box. Yeah, rap is like it's you know a, what I'm saying. Like, yeah, 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 for real, dog. To me, I'm like, what? Why you just how all the niggas just get thrown in one box when we all doing music? You know what I mean? That's of the hip hop genre. Think, but it ain't all the same kind of motherfucking, uh, you know, rap, my nigga. I think about Tyler at the Grammys where he's like, yo, come on, like, yeah. you don't want to put me in other categories because like I'm gonna kill this category too. And you it wasn't even a rap album. Yeah. Right. Tyler, he, he could have won best album of the year, period. And he's like, I'm a you fan. I mean? Like, I don't, this spot is someone else's spot. You yeah. know, like, why are you guys making us even compete? And I intentionally didn't make this music. I've made this music. I can make this music. He followed up with one. Yeah. Right? But it's like that, that is, it's, it's how we go about labeling it, you know? Right. Yeah, I feel like it's, yeah. It's, it's no key. different than when you used to go into a CD store and they would have rap and R&B in the same section, stuff Yo, like that. And it's yeah. Like, but it's like if you were to go in a store now, like a physical store, with the, with these people make sense together, you'd be like, this section is the black section. Like, y'all, this is it, right? Or urban. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, put it like right by the register so you can see us. Are you shit. a suburban like, dude or an urban dude? That's crazy. <laughs> I think I'm an urban dude. <laughs> For you all, you talked about um, the evolution over these years. How would you guys describe like the path of like, let's say even like the last four years and what's gotten you to a spot where James Blake's like, yes. Uh, Rick Rubin's like, of course. Kelly Price is like, yeah, I don't even fuck with everybody. But Freddie, of course. I think it kind of starts uh, when Freddie came back home from that shit overseas and like we did the um from you only live twice i think it was freddie when like we started embracing his personality yeah like forward facing we always knew he was the funniest person in the room and the most charismatic like one of the most charismatic humans on earth but i don't think people knew that through the music Mm. you had to like go look for it like in pinata it was in the skits between the songs you know what i mean right but the videos were hard everything was hard you know so when he came out with that cover, with the pink cover, with the Teddy Pendergrass, and yeah, we were doing yeah. those skits, and we started, and that was no budget. That was like an early version of what we're doing now with yeah. rollouts and stuff. We had no budget. Mm-hmm. We were just like shooting this stuff in his house, you know, these like R&B infomercials and stuff. And then like Diddy posted it, and Pusha <laughs> yeah. T posted it, and two Jermaine Dupree, yeah, Two Chainz, <laughs> and we were like, whoa, we didn't know they cared about us, you yeah. know what I mean? That's cool. Like we were always operating in such like our own little world, you know, mm-hmm. kind of on the outskirts. Like, if everyone's on the highway, we're, like, walking in the desert, you know? And they're like, oh, you want to get in the car with us, you know? Yeah. So we were like, oh. And then I think Bandana really woke people up, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, we all know it should have been nominated in the Grammys and everything. I think so. But I think Bandana walked so Alfredo could run, where it was like, okay, Mm -hmm. Freddie's arrived, you know? Yeah. Um, And in the pandemic, I hate to say it, kind of worked in the favor because there was just nothing going on. And that album was like, it really stood out, you know? I really think that album also trained a lot of kids um, how to listen, right? Because like up until then, one, the world's moving fast and the world slows down and some of these records that you're playing don't even make sense of what your your day-to-day is looking like. Right. And then some of them have also just never had the ear, right? They've never had an ear that had to catch music that way, you know? Right. Well, I think Bandana was unique in, in the fact that it, it proposed a proposition where it gave you something that forced you to listen outside of the norm. Like Bandana was one of the few records that I remember in the past five years that made you stop and slow down and pay attention because the raps and the production was so crisp and like the way the but the 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 production was crisp but the raps were so like air apparent in your face like everything he said stood out front I remember listening to it and then also like the, the rollout that Lambo put together. They had like a, a performance in New York, but they were like in an alley in a pit. Yeah, PS1. Yeah, and yeah. It, said, it was it, I don't know how many people, but it looked like it was 1,500 people jammed into a parking lot. And I just remember saying, fuck, I want to be a part of that. Damn. Because it was like, almost like seeing a little revolution take place right in front of your eyes. It was so much energy around it. And we ha- we don't get a chance to see a lot of explosions for like artists coming out. Like you remember in like the 90s, early 2000s, every time Busta Rhymes dropped the album, it was an experience. Mm-hmm. The whole world had to stop and wait for like those 30 days, those six weeks. It was all about Busta Rhymes. Or it was all about Puffy and Mace with the shiny suits and shit like yeah. that. It made you want to be a part of it. It was an event, not just a release. Everything that comes out today is just a release. It comes out Friday, next Friday or something else. If the record doesn't stand up or raise his hand, you're past it. But like what what Lambo and Freddie did, which made me even more of a fan outside of them as brothers, 
they made these experiences so these rollouts had legs and you wanted to continuously see what happened five months down. What was the tour like? What was the merch like? Yeah. You know, the visuals, it was like a world-building exercise. Exactly. Like, And I think when we talk about, you know, a few years ago when it started, I think it was when we started that really like branding everything and like creating these kind of universes around each album. And like you talked about earlier, like going from indie to major. Yeah. You know, we always talk about like movies, like Tarantino made Reservoir Dogs and then he makes the movies he makes today. They're not any less raw. He just has more money to yeah, make them more with. Budget. More marketing budget, more production budget. And I think that's the difference. Like if you listen to Freddie's new album, it's not, it's Freddie Gibbs. It's completely, he's yeah. saying what he wants to say. He's doing what he wants to do. It just happens to be, there's a little more money behind it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think with these rollouts, Bandana, Alfredo, this one, it's like, we have these ideas we never got to execute them before, you know? Right. Um, and this time around, like, each time progressively more, we, we're able to to take marketing money and do creative things with it, you know? Yeah. And give people an experience. Because when Aquem and I came out, albums like that, that was your life. You know what I mean? Life, yeah. You sat there, you looked at it, you lived with it, you looked at every picture, you tried to find out pictures from studio sessions, you All watched every, everything. You, you, you studied it. it. Like you said, it was yeah. a full experience. And, and, and like nowadays, there's nothing tangible that people have. All you got is the streaming. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like... And you sit on Twitter. Right. And listen in the background. It's all background listening now. Just crazy. You need to, like, you used to sit in a room in the dark with a CD or a record or whatever, a tape, and, like, sit there and listen and to it. And still find shit in it, still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for months, for years. Yeah. For years, yeah. And I feel like that's always been important to us because we're kids of the 90s, you know? The CD book that turns into, like, the post on your all wall. All that enhanced yeah. CDs, Bro, Wu-Tang Forever, you I put still, it in the CD-ROM. I still got shit that the case is yellow. Like, the plastic's actually yellow, but I still got, still got the paperwork. And mm. for whatever reason, I can't throw that out, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm curious for you two. I mean, you guys have had this partnership. How long have you two been working together? Like, decade? I discovered, no, longer than that. I discovered him in 2005. I was 19 and he was 22. And I was going to um, UC Berkeley and he was in Gary. Damn. And I was interning Interscope. And uh, my boss was like, this is my friend's older brother who was killing at Interscope at the time. And, and he, was, he said, find me a rapper who's not from Atlanta, New York, Chicago, or LA. <laughs> yeah. I think he was like messing with me. You know what I mean? Like, I know you got a good ear. Do this, like a challenge. So I brought him a bunch of stuff, and like, and then I found Freddie on this random website, southwestconnection.com. Southwest Connection. Sounds like an airline website. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And it had these, like, demos that were so lo-fi, him rapping on the Allen Iverson Jules beat, like, dissing people. <laughs> and then some other, he had a song about stomping people, stomp with it or whatever. <laughs> he sounded like Timbaland. <laughs> but, like, either way, that, that I, I found him, brought him there, and they signed him. Yeah, and then we thought he was going to drop an album there. I was going to become an A and R there. We were going to do it there. It didn't work out. And All of that shit happened so fast. Yeah, though. like one like minute I was like on a porch in Gary, Indiana, and then it was like in a week I was like in California, and then it was like I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, yeah, this shit just, it just happened so quick. Like that I didn't, you know, I didn't even really know how to handle that. I didn't know, you know, what I mean, everything was coming at me so fast, and like me and Lambo wasn't really together at the time because he was interning for them and you know off at college and I was just there in the building with these guys and I'm like uh, not to mention yeah. I was 19 you were 22 yeah, yeah, we had no idea yes. what we were doing yeah, yeah we didn't know? know what the hell we were doing so it was just like you know but when we came up out of that and we got it all together you know we hey, we made strides you know what I'm saying but we was young though man like like I said man it wasn't time for us to get where we were supposed to be back then I think that we're definitely um, 
the timing is correct right now, you know what I mean? Because we're smarter and we, you know, we know how to handle these things even better, you know what I mean, than, than we would have been able to handle it, at, like you said, at 21 and 19 years old, you know? Not to mention we lived through so many eras that... CD era, the platinum era. When right. he was Interscope, it was G-Unit and Shady. When he's rapping on Placus in the Room, he's like, he burned my shit on the CDR. Literally. I had bars back when Lambo burned my demo on a CDR. It's Go Talk, nigga. TB12. From the streets to the cell. Bitch, I bail all well. So we kind of have this bird's eye view. It was hard. It was probably a much harder path for us than most people, but... Right. We gained so much experience, like, outside. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like when Ray Alston made the NBA or something, like, yeah, yeah, and he yeah, was ready, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. It's like, we've been playing a completely different game than everybody, whereas people usually come into a building early and they work their way up, and that's all you know. Yeah. We've been outside, like, the whole time, kind of just... Mm-hmm. And we know the trends of the game. We know yeah. what a game is trending yeah. to and what it is. We can predict. We know what not to we do. Because we've seen what it was, yeah. you know what I mean? We've seen how it quickly... Other things burnt out. I mean, shit. I mean, y'all remember when motherfuckers was listening to music on a Zoom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember the Zoom. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was Before shit like that. Like, shit didn't hold a charge, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shit did not hold a charge. So, like, you know, it was, it, was, it was a lot of, you know, like you said, a lot of different errors and a lot of different things that happened in the course of this. So, yeah. you know, that, that trained us. You know, for what you know lies ahead. You're like the rap Forrest Gump or something. Yeah, <laughs> Jen, eh? How do you, how do you feel like your um your partnerships evolve? Because like as you guys have been through these different eras, it probably asks different things to you, technology wise, um, audience wise, creatively, right? Like to be like, all right, this is what I want my CD to look like. This is what I want my in store to look like. And now the game's like it's digital and it's different. Yeah. And how you guys have to think um, creatively with one another. I mean, well, man, yeah. it's, it's, that's easy. I mean, shit, that's that's organic. It's like we damn near share a brain. You know, mm-hmm. we talk to each other every morning. So I don't know. It's a unique partnership that we got, man. I can't, you know, I can't really say that, you know, it's other people might try to force that. But like, I don't know. We just, our creative juices is always. After flowing. all this time, how do you even pull it apart and understand where it starts and stops, right? It kind of just is always going. You have to basically, I don't bring my phone into my bedroom at night. Like he'll, he'll be like, he'll call me at you know, midnight. <laughs> I don't pick up. I don't. Yeah. I have to try off at some but I point. I just text everything that I'm thinking. That yeah, night. exactly. Like, I just, I'll get it in the morning. <laughs> in the morning, we just talk. Yeah. We'll chop it up in the morning about that shit. And I'm just like, because I'd be drunk somewhere and be like, hey, man, we got to do this. Dog. We need to do this. Yeah, yeah. And then he'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. Then he just put all the ideas in line and then focus. Like, yeah, we yeah. can do this, but we can't do that. Organize it, yeah. <laughs> but, but we're so different that it works because right. I, I let him do his thing and he lets me do my thing. Yeah. And then we meet in the middle. You and know then the I mean? bases are covered. Yeah, right. yeah. And we don't question each other. Like, Mm-mm. if we need to, we do. But it's yeah. always generally to get to a p- another place. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. It's never like, ah, oh, but why do you want to do that? Like, you know, let me do that. Like, you can't be with a motherfucker like that this long. That's just like you. You know why? Because he's gonna try to be you, or it's it's gonna be a competition. Me and Lambo don't compete. the same space. Yeah, we don't compete with each other. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So the marriage is beautiful. It goes. It, it flows. You know what I'm saying? Like we're we all we got the same fucking goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're trying to get to the same place. We're trying to create, you know, um, a, a creative space for, you know, for you know to, to get these ideas and things that we want to get out. You know what I mean? And, you know, just stuff with good taste, like you said, you know? Yeah. Norvay, for you, I mean, it's like now inheriting uh, not just the music, but a partnership like this into the major label system. You kind of said it's about, like, knowing where things start and stop, not wanting to fuck things up. But, like, is it kind of a blessing to have people that, like, oh, they know what they're doing already. They're fully baked. Not like a newer artist who's, like, Tell me what to do. Show me. Show me how. To, show me how to be rap. I think for me it was a little bit different because, like I said, we have. I've been around them in some capacity since like 2014. Mm. I, this oh, my, okay. Yeah. This this iteration is it's my third time trying to sign them. 
So, like, I remember, like, hitting up Lambo, like, yo, let's get lunch, let's get lunch. And, you know, Lambo still. Lambo, like, yeah, 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 we'll figure it out. Let's just, <laughs> let's just hop on a call. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and then, like, me and Freddie getting close and, like, going to lunches and dinners and shit like that and just, you know, figuring out uh, who they were as person. So when when it comes to us finally operating in this capacity, it's more so like, okay, these are my brothers. Now we're finally officially in business together. Mm-hmm. So knowing both of their, you know, um, trains of thoughts, how they operate, how they manage, it was really like, okay, cool. I look at it, I, I liken it to like, you know, uh, this was, you know, Steph and Clay. And I'm coming in and I'm like, I just want to make the most seamless transition as the newest member of the Warriors. And how can I fit in and compliment what they doing? Also Draymond shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like how can I? nobody though, man. We don't <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how can I come in? And, you know, when they say, like, the, the biggest thing for Draymond is the intangibles, right? right? So, like, how can I help strengthen what they're already doing together, mm-hmm. be complimentary to it, and then advocate, right? Because what they needed was the reinforcements that the label provides. So how do I go into the building and be the biggest cheerleader, be the biggest advocate, and then sometimes be the biggest ass kicker. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. You know, be unapologetic with our vision and our truth because now two just turned into three. So mm-hmm. how do I magnify that, you know, and be able to speak and articulate on their behalf? And, you know, I think the impact of that, we hope, you just hope is organic. You know what I'm saying? And if yeah. you're making street music, your A&R got to be in the fucking streets. mm you know, it can't be some motherfucking, uh, you know, just nerd-ass college nigga, you know what I'm saying, that don't know nobody, you know what I'm saying? Like, motherfucker got to know people. Yeah. Like, you got to, it's it's little intangible things, you know what I mean, that, you know, that that go along with, you know, this whole process making out. I'm like, nigga got to know where to eat, nigga got to know where to go, nigga got to know what studio to go to, you know what I mean? It's, you know, like shit, like, you can have a motherfucker with you pointing you in all kind of bad directions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a blessing you know, to have a three-headed monster like we got, man. So it's, you know, we, like you said, we cover all bases. Because we're so DIY, you know, you could do a situation and a person from a label or whatever could come in and try to change that. Mm-hmm. Right. But Norvik came in and it probably took a little time at the beginning to, mm-hmm. to yeah. figure it mm-hmm. out. But then he got DIY with us. Right. Like, oh, okay. You guys are going to be in the trenches for three years making this album. Right. I'm going to be in there with you. You know what trenches. I mean? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna move that way but too. But most like, motherfuckers wouldn't have did that. No. They would have looked at me and Lambo and been like, been yo, like, yo, where's the album? We need this it. You know? yeah, yeah, like they, they would have got on that and been like, man, what's No, like, he got geez. in there with us and was just the whole time like Right. Forty five minutes to make a song that couldn't be done is very crazy to me. I don't know if that's just normal for y'all, but that feels like I mean very we made out Fredo in three weeks. Yeah. People don't believe that. I just go to sleep and then wake up and do the song. I'm trying to think what you when I went to your crib, I'm trying to think what you played me. I think that was some of Alfredo. Could have been. We went to Al's. Yeah, we got the beats. Mm-hmm. Then the pandemic hit. Yeah, and then the album was done. In like so maybe it wasn't. Weeks. Maybe it was part of. I don't know because that was like you played me the Scotty Beam record. Yeah, put, that was yeah. definitely an Alfredo time. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, and which is crazy because I'm hearing these. It's just in the room, and had no clue what the audience was, and also like the the tone of rap hadn't fully gotten there. This whole scene that's kind of built yeah. that you're very much a part of people called underground but to me it's just like thinking person's rap yeah that's right. what i call it like oh it's gonna you gotta pay attention yeah. you know uh that was interesting how that happened but yeah that stuff there was like that was three weeks three weeks it was three weeks yeah about three weeks yeah so, so like i was just like al had me damn near on like some mixtape mode shit that just turned into a classic oh what you had like rap camp and shit like that yeah it's like, it's like, like i was yeah. just like because right, well, we had just done fetty 
Yeah, we had just done Fetty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was just like, fuck this shit, man. It's, I've seen all these motherfuckers going to Al's spot. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I, I, I run that spot. I run that fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's me. That's my spot. So I just had to go in there and just like, shit, just show. It's, you know, it's, I don't know, the competitor in me come out a little bit sometime. And it did. It definitely did on that album. And I was like, all right, I'm about to really, uh, you know, knock this shit out the park. You know what I mean? Because I was uh, just like in between um uh, bandana and triple S yeah. eventually. So, I, you know, Alfredo, I needed, I needed that. That was a jolt of energy that my career needed. You know what I mean? And I'm glad the Alchemist provided that for me. For this album, um, I'm curious how some of the other records came came about, like Blackest in the Room or Rabbit Vision. Like, is there? Mm. Those are the songs I think that are we're gravitating to the most. But I'm curious if there are other songs on the project that you guys like came together in. 40 like that's still I'm gonna keep saying it, that's crazy <laughs> but like or one it's like whether you were chasing a feature or something that you didn't see for this project and maybe it switched or interesting collaborator Blacks in the Room was another Shangri-La yeah. Al, we got those beats from Al at Shangri-La yep. and then we did the song in Miami yep. like months later you had yeah. those beats Al, we had the yeah. beats but Al didn't know we was gonna put them together Yeah, mm. he was like um, we had picked those two beats yeah he was like what the fuck you gonna put you know what I mean and yeah. we put it, he, when he heard it together that's when he heard the final song you know what I'm saying but me and Lambo we was just like alright we just gonna put these two together I didn't know how that was gonna flow like that I just know that I like both of those tracks yeah and I was like I wanna put two Alchemist beats on the album but I don't wanna do two separate songs I wanna like it's like know, I wanna make that shit pew, you yeah. know what I'm saying like give, give it some kind of effect black is in the room I can't niggas hit Clarence Thomas up my cousin living flit she been six since they fucked the water but uh and the the um the uh, rabbit vision that was just me hitting up rook from justice league now they can't play with me treated virginia street like 2300 jackson street i wrapped myself about the deep had to switch the game on them because every bullet that i sent out it might come back with my name on it. when i was with jeezy i was you know we was working with them a lot so i always wanted to work with them and you know that, i talked I, I talked to rook once and i said something to him like i was like uh <laughs> I was like, yo, your music sounds expensive. He was like, nigga, it is. It is. <laughs> no, 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 no. It is. As taken from the motherfucker that got to negotiate with the attorneys, it's it very, it is very expensive. But well worth it, man. Yeah, we he don't do nothing but make classics. So you know, I, uh, when I first did that, I was gonna get Ross on it. Then I was like, nah, I'm just gonna rap on this by myself. I gotta mm. hog this whole beat. Yeah. So I think CIA was kind of like that too. It was like, like that the stuff you hear at the end of CIA. Yo, that like, was actually before the song, I think. Nah, that was it. Was at the very that end. happened at the end? Yeah, it happened at the end. I don't, we was we, laughing like a motherfucker we after again. I made the song. But that yeah. was another one. We had y'all was laughing. Y'all was laughing as yeah. I was making it. Yeah, I yeah. said CIA crack is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know that shit is like, and then to, to keep that peace on the end. CIA, CIA, man. Crack is the Crack Instagram at A's, man. That's the song. That's what they did to us, man. That's what we'll call this song, CIA. Yeah, we had yeah, to because it shows true. you the. It's like you don't want us out here looking like conspiracy theorists. It's like it shows that there, it's lighthearted, but also, like, right? But it also just felt <laughs> it, it felt like the theme of even the album felt like you guys were just in this setting yeah. working yeah. on we, this shit. We were. That's yeah. what PYS was like. Yeah, yeah. PYS was that, great. It's the it's the you know when you watch a Marvel movie, and then you get the yeah. the bonus trailer at the end, Rick and Morty at the end. Yeah, yeah. that's the outtakes. Yeah, that's the, that's what that is. But it 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 brings. The, the listener from a casual experience and now you feel like you're a part of it. Right. Yeah. It's like we let you in our own little our little secret meeting. Right. Yeah. That's like 
that's the end of the movie and then the Scarface record is like the credits yeah. the, it's the bonus you those, know I mean? those small things like that really make you feel especially if you're from a certain time makes you feel like there's an album whether it's the skits that you use to break it up that helps to show the world and also just maybe split chapters up uh, hearing talking or anything that's like sort of like it's not just it's not lyric and music Kids Those, ain't getting that no more, dog. Yeah, like you said, we yeah. gotta we gotta train the ear to that. Yeah, like everything is just like ten songs, twelve songs, twenty nine songs. <laughs> put it out, it don't matter. Like everything, like and, and when you don't break your album up a little bit, and I'm not saying you gotta skit, skit, skit me to death. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But like, if you don't break it, you could break it up with music. You could break it up with a guitar sound, a string, any fucking thing. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, if if you don't separate certain things within an album, everything starts to sound. Blurry. Blurry. It yeah. sounds like like when me and JD was in the car, we was listening to somebody album. Like, I ain't gonna say who, but the shit just sound like run on synthesis. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, if I'm grading this shit for punky weight punctuation, nigga, like, nigga, <laughs> the F. And if you look at like an album like Equimini, which I always gotta bring up because it's like a perfect it's album. Phenomenal. You know what right. I mean? Like, we all knew like Pimp Trick, Gangster, like these little yeah. like skits. Like, right. we all knew the skits. Yeah, yeah and this, this is another thing. But it didn't me. Yeah. The thing that, that, that uh, makes us make good music, I think that. We, you know, we hear it, of course, but you, I see it when I listen to, like he said, when I listen to Quimini, I see that album. I yeah. don't just hear the motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing these niggas, but I don't see what the fuck they talking about. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I'm just like, da 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 you tell me I got a hundred thousand and about a thousand. I'm like, yeah, I hear you, nigga. I was, talk, I was talking I don't to, see that to Kiss about that once, and he was like, yo, great. Don't tell me you got the watch. Tell me what it's like to... Tell me what it feels like to have to watch. Tell me yeah. what it feels like when you go outside and you're around everybody else who don't got to watch. Like, yeah. tell me that. Right. Yeah. The experience yeah, versus the, experience the action. Of it. He's yeah. like, otherwise, I don't believe you. You could just, you know, scroll down the website and be like, just said the name. Be like, all right, this, you know. Right. When we're in the studio, we always have a TV screen on mute showing a movie or something. Always. Yeah. While we're making music. So, like, we're very visual. You know yeah. what I mean? Definitely. What were some of the movies that were in circulation when making this? Definitely Last Dance. Casino, Last Casino, Dance. I was watching that. What else did I watch during this? I feel like we watched Predator 2 yeah. <laughs> when they're in LA. Yeah. Uh, Heat, for sure. Heat, for sure. Heat, Goodfellas. Goodfellas, Casino. I watched that shit a lot during this album, for sure. Fear I probably watched that movie like four times making this album. Good. And we were living it, too. We were in Vegas yeah. three times. We yeah. were in Miami, Miami three times. Yeah. Is that where the theme comes in? Like, Because um, you hear Soul Soul separately, just on its own, that feels really... Uh, really dense and really heavy but then you guys kind of worked it into like the vibe and uh like sort of like a casino hotel aesthetic yeah i love that like the fact that uh lambo just said uh we were in vegas three times making this album so that kind of rubbed off on us on the theme well uh, i think mm. it's good to do these you know we was in vegas recording this we was in shangri-la recording this we was in fucking miami recording this it's good to do your album in different destinations or a certain destination i think it gives you a certain kind of feel you know what i mean you pick up the vibe of the area that you're in yeah you know what i mean as opposed to just every night going to hammer in a, a, a session Same in la you know yeah. when we were when we did sessions in la they were special though because it was like dj paul mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying pulling up you know what we I mean? never it just was, sat in the studio racking our brains like mm-hmm. it was like a job you yeah know? you know yeah we never we wanted did to have that. fun yeah we treated this like fun and it came out fun you know what i'm yeah. saying like when you shit you could tell when motherfuckers is just like you know, treating this shit like a research paper. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And we, we we didn't do that, you know, whatsoever. 
There was something you had said that was, um, I just want to make sure I get this right, about DJ Paul. You were sort of like in a heavy place at this time, and DJ Paul kind of brought the fun back in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, before Paul came in, I was making records like Grandma Stove and Rabbit Vision and things like that. And, you know, those was kind of heavy on the heart. But when he came in, he brought the fun. You know, he kind of broke it up, you know Because yeah. I, mean? I could have stayed along that line and made too many songs that was too... It was. You know, I think it was last Halloween... And I was driving around like Altadena or something. It was foggy. And I was listening to Riding in the Chevy, <laughs> Underground Tapes, Volume 1. And I was like, I hit you. Remember, I was mm -hmm. like, we need DJ Paul production. Yeah. Triple yeah. S, Triple yeah. Six. Like, yeah. And then like, I couldn't find him. I tried to DM him. I was like, I don't think he wants to work with anybody. Like, He's DJ Paul. Right. I hit Jay Dirt. Shout out to Jay Dirt. Yeah, shout out to Jay Dirt. And um, I knew he was cool. Gangster Boo. Mm. I was like, do you know DJ Paul? And he was like, we're cool, man. Let me hit him. I was like, just ask him if he knows who Freddie Gibbs is. He got right back. He was like, I love Freddie because I was just bumping him. Fire. Uh, can I get in the studio with him? We were like, what? Yeah. Can I get in the studio with you? Yeah. <laughs> so we got in and it was as if they were like, Paul was his long lost uncle oh, or something. Oh man, it man. was like family, dog. It was like, whoa. DJ Paul, bitch. Whipping in the old black Cadillac. Pimps up, holes down, nigga, full flash. Trying to get money out of me, fuck that. I'm on the same shit, I'm trying to push you on the track. Man, he invited me to the verses and then they fought bone cubs. <laughs> that was like that right after that, yeah, for that sure. Was right after, that was like the next day I went to the verses with him. So he was there. Yeah, That's why he there. raps about that on Black Yeah, I said it on the uh, album. Oh, I, said, <laughs> I said nervous because detectives is lurking. They picked the workers up, jumping off like busy and juicy. I fucked these verses up. You know what I'm saying? That's why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. Um, whether it's another producer or another feature on this album, like was there someone that you were like, yo, I, like specifically, I need to get you on this project? Um, Seven Thomas. Mm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he was doing all that Giveon R&B shit. And I was like, man, you just do this rap shit. Wanda? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, boy, Wanda, for sure, for sure. I got records with Wanda that I ain't even um, let y'all hear yet, so. K. Trinata? K. Trinata, for yeah. sure. That's our guy. Yeah, everybody, everybody that we, we yeah. everybody that we pretty much work with, I think that we was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, they was all on the wish list for sure. It's funny mm -hmm. that people say, I can't believe Freddie gives us a song, K. Trinata. You've been working with him since 2014. Yeah, exactly. A minute ago. Yeah. yeah. But like I said before, we were doing it in the shadows, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's people that don't know. It's their first time coming into life. A lot of people think Freddie Gibbs started rapping with Madeline yeah. and Alchemist. Yeah, I love it. I love how, like, the new fans is, like, discovering things now. Like, I'll be yeah. seeing people on Twitter, and they're like, oh, man, I just went through Freddie Gibbs' catalog. Where should I start? And should I? I'm like, yeah, just, you know, I tell people, when they ask me that question, I'd be like, start backwards. Yeah. So like start yeah. with Triple S and mm -hmm. work your way down and be like, damn. And then you can really see how great the shit is and how, you know, and, and you can see the evolution. Just start backwards, go backwards. You mentioned for this project that you were um that you all were working with Pharrell at one point for a beat, but we didn't end up hearing him on this album, I don't think. Yeah. Um what happened with that record? Or is he just trying to it We didn't made fit? some stuff, but you know, you make stuff and then it doesn't all fit. So mm -hmm. it's like, Yeah, that'd you know. be like that's the rap game. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious about Versus. Is there someone that you guys were chasing? Because on this project, you got Pusha T, which I feel like you and Pusha are like, um, you both play in the same sandbox. You guys play at the same tier. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you got a Pusha T, you got Money Back, Yo, Offset, Anderson Pop. I, I, the, the night Triple S came out, I went over to Anderson House. Yeah. And we listened to it like all night long. And then that's when I, that's when I knew that this album was great. You know what I mean? When another artist of a caliber like that, yeah. you know what I mean? When he called me, at two in the morning when I'm leaving the club drunk as fuck I had my baby mama with me and my girlfriend with me we was all hectic <laughs> he called he said come to the house came to the house and we listened to the album like four five times that's Damn. when I was like yeah. he's so cool for such I said, this an amazing huge artist he's so down to earth yeah it's it's very refreshing yeah I love Anderson Park man that's that's man 
love them to death. When you're working all these different cities and all these different collaborators, was there anyone else that you got a chance to actually be in the studio with? You know, I know sometimes it's hard matching up schedules and everything. James Anderson. James Anderson, for sure. Uh, DJ Paul. Um, Push always on the go, so I just had to shoot him the record. But he always delivers, yeah. so I ain't be worried about him. He's That's like a no-look uh, pass. Yeah. I also think a lot of times we were focused on, like, he operates 100% off of energy, vibes. So a big part of this creative process was Lambo and I constantly being conscious of making sure we create a new energy form, a new vibe, a new location, like something as simple as, like, let's make sure he got a dope view with the balcony because mm. he's going to pull in that. He's going to soak all of that in, and he's going to put that on a record. And you got to constantly turn the wheel with him, you know, so he can get new inspirations and have new experiences because yeah. it'll it'll directly impact the records that we put out. So a lot of the features and stuff like that, we were constantly moving. And while we wanted to accommodate looks on the record, we also couldn't compromise the moment for him. The idea. So it's like, okay, whatever happens organically, it'll happen and they'll come in and, you know, we'll make the body of work work. But that was, you know, less of a focus having people in the studio at the same time mm -hmm. more so than capturing the moment. I mean, those records in Miami, we have video footage and photos. He's staring at the ocean while he's the mic is right here yeah. and it's the ocean and we're on the top floor of Penthouse right. and he's doing Blackest in the Room Couldn't Be Done Pain and Strife yeah, you got you know, there's a lot of emotional records on this album, man. There's like a lot of up and just happy, all kind of sad emotions, all kind of things on this record, man. You got to play it in the dirt a little bit to make an album like this. That's why I like liner notes because they'll tell you literally which studio yeah. the record was in. Yeah. And like as like an adult now and having all the like you can just Google and be like, oh, this sounds like this, maybe, yeah. or it doesn't. And wondering like what you had to take yourself Where to Where did we like, put the fountain blue for the records? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Blue Fountain. Uh, Blue Fountain Studio. Blue Fountain Studio. <laughs> you made a lot of songs by the ocean. Yeah, Cause Shangri La. That yeah. was that was um, the K record. That was the James Blake record. Like we were in spaces, not just sitting in a dark room. You yeah. know what I mean, mm -hmm. a place where he could like look at something and be. It's it changes the whole approach. I think you know. And plus, it's some fucking. It's just rapper. It's just hip hop. It's just fly. Yeah. To be like, yeah, we took over the whole top floor to find blue. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Turned it into our own studio. Like that's the shit that, you know, a fable. You know, hip hop legends that they always talk about. You know what I'm saying? So, a part of this was getting that shit off too. I go up there and I go to booby trap, and come back fucked up, <laughs> and do like. It couldn't be done and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Records like that. You know what I mean? Like, I go downstairs to live and like bring like four bitches upstairs. Yeah, my baby mama cussed me out. You know what I'm saying? I just had to. You can tell play, by you your got, voice on that song. You got to play in the dirt. You know, playing the dirt. You got you know, a wide range of emotions to make these records, man. You got to, you know, you got to go through that. When you sing right before Kelly, when you go. When you sing the couldn't be done part, yeah, you could tell that he's been in Miami for five days. You could tell, and he's that's yeah. like Brick James. Yeah, you could tell. That's yeah. when you can, that's when Brick James comes out. They said I couldn't do it, but I do. Yeah, right. <laughs> you could tell, man. You could, you, you know, what I mean, I, like I said, I could see it when I, you know, like when 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 you when I rap, you could see it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's just like, rap is kind of like acting a little bit. When you're in the booth, you kind of got to like, you got to play a role for real. And know? sit in it and be able to channel that, right? Yeah, yeah, it ain't just reading words, you know what I'm saying, or saying some fucking words. Because I know a lot of motherfuckers that just say words when they rap. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm 
making a marriage to the beat. You know what I mean? I'm making a marriage to the mood. You know what I mean? The song called CIA, Crack Instagram and AIDS, I really want to convey that message. You know what I mean? And it's not just... Uh, shit, I could coach rap and I could tell... I could, For real, I could. I could coach niggas how to rap. Like, I tell niggas, like, you don't got to rap the same way that you're known for rapping on every beat. Every beat causes calls for something different, I think. Mm. You know what I mean? I know a lot of young guys, they just rap. They get caught up in a, um, a certain way that people like. People start telling them that they like a certain style and they just rap that same shit on every beat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can definitely tone switch. You know what I mean? You can tone your voice down. You can speed your uh, cadence up. You know what I mean? You can, um, you know, shit not use the same goddamn word <laughs> yeah, to rhyme yeah, with, you yeah. know what I mean, for, for for four bars straight. You can really switch things up and do something interesting within a verse or a song, you know what I mean? And a lot of motherfuckers don't see that because they stuck and they don't know how to create those changes seamlessly. You know what I'm saying? It's too much of a challenge for them. That's why I said it ain't five motherfuckers that's walking the earth that can rap better than me because I know this shit. I break this shit down to a science. I listen to everybody. I could coach this shit. I could coach you niggas. I've got you. I've literally written it here. I was like, I feel like you're someone that um, you like the rap Olympics. And by that, I mean, like, you don't just run a race. Like, it's like the whole thing. Like, uh, be the best rapper. Come up with creative themes. You know what I mean? Experiment across the board with different sounds, different uh, different artists. Be like, all right, I'm going to do a straight producer tape. Okay, cool. We're going to do a major label project. All right, I'm going to come and give you guys these features. I remember early on, uh, I'm going to get the song wrong, but it's like I was working at Decon. Yeah. At the time, I was like an intern. And you guys had... Uh, Peter. Yeah, Peter. <laughs> you guys had Freddie Gibbs, Ferg, uh, and Thug. Yeah. And it was like, that song was so... Like, right now, that song makes sense. That shout shit, out to Salva and Nick Hook. Yeah, shout they out to that Salva. Together. That shit is like 10 years ahead of its yeah. time, right? And this is like Thug, right before he's... Yeah. I'm, like, I don't even know if Danny Glover's out at this point. It was. Right? It was Stoner. It was Stoner. And it was stoner. Danny Glover was out at the time. It too. had just come out. It but just yeah, came out. I mean, this is like... But it's like the rap Olympics, man. Like, you like to be across the board, like, versatile. Um, and you feel like someone who very much cares about being the best rapper alive and participating in the, like, the sphere of rap. Yeah. I'm competitive with that. Yeah. You know, like I said, I like to really, you know, I like to rap. And like I said, I'm a student of the game. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, in every aspect of it, you know what I mean? And I, and, and not just, you know, I'm not just saying that I just like study just like all like technical rappers. I study every rapper, like what they doing, how they doing, how they evolve. You know what I mean? Cause, um, the guys that last in this thing, uh, don't stay stagnant. They, you know, they they do different things in yeah. the game. You know, like honestly, shit. Like my favorite rapper probably Future. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like people probably won't know that. Bro. I gotta listen to his shit. Like and I'll be like, damn, okay. Like just the different patterns and and, and different um, uh, uh, ways uh, uh, that he goes about. Uh, One of the best writers. Recording. Yeah, amazing. definitely. That's what I mean. Like you know what I mean? Like that shit is like you know what I mean? And like and on the other hand, I listen to fucking Nas yeah. and break his shit down. So it's just like you know, I like to be a you know, um, like I said, a student of the game. You should never stop learning. You it, know what I'm saying? Because shit, and, and the fact that I never stopped learning, you know what I mean? That gave me the ability to teach it. I always thought his delivery was more like a jazz musician Correct. than a rapper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the way he approaches records and right. his, even his whole attitude about the world. It's like Miles Davis or something. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Where it's That's like, it. I don't That's need to be with any, like I'm doing my own thing. Yeah, Future is like Miles Davis. No, I'm me. talking about you. Oh, nah, Miles Davis. Yeah. Future's Jimi <laughs> Hendrix. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about like, like Future, when Future started, like that was like Jimi Hendrix putting the, 
the guitar on fire. And yeah, that was, changed you know, everything. I read that Miles Davis book and that definitely was one of the yeah. most inspiring books that I ever read. But just read. like, and even Sweet. like you say, different producers, like jazz, it's like a quartet, a sextant, like solo, like yeah. Freddie's just in these different worlds. You jazz know? is also like, yo, we're going to come out here with this big like orchestra, yeah. like you could say, and also like, oh, we just can jump up in this band yeah. real quick and like, a trio. Oh, yeah, yeah, and just be like, all right, like you're just going to go for like a riff real quick, a jam yeah. session. It feels like you play in all those spaces where we have people that rap phenomenal, but maybe they don't like want to get muddy and like do like this quick feature verse or do this thing that's fun. You know what right. I mean? There's something about it that for me, um, I'm not going to say it's like several artists combined, but it just, it's reminiscent of something I can't put my finger on, but it feels like the rap Olympics. Like, you know, we're not just going to run the race and leave. Like it's, it's it, I think it's, 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 it's like the triathlon. Yeah, the triathlon. Versatility. <laughs> yeah. Right. I got to throw the goddamn javelin too and the <laughs> shot, yeah. put my shot, put the fuck out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's the versatility because he wants to be the best. Period. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I, and with him being the head of the body, like, that that's one thing that makes all of us a little bit closer because we all want to perform at such a high level. And whatever we do, like him being the best rapper in the game, period, Lambo being the best creative, me being the best A&R slash executive producer, like, we all live, eat, and breathe the shit, and we vibrate on such a high frequency in just terms of, like we're not really competitive with other people because we hold ourselves to such a high. I was going to ask you, like, is there like, someone that y'all is? Is there anyone that drives you competitively, even if they're not active right now? Like, is there someone you're like, oh, I'm chasing this? Oh shit, Death Row, bad boy. Type yeah, shit. I was going to say the same thing. Like, <laughs> you know on a creative level, for me, it's like, like I said, it's like Tarantino, Rockstar Games, David right. Finch. It's not even Nike. It's not even like music. You know what I mean? Right. Fire. I'm, yeah. chasing, like, I'm, chasing, I'm chasing Tupac, Scarface. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you know when I'm done with this shit, I want you to speak about me with those type of guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I honestly don't Fuck. know of like we lost the art of you know like a lot of A and R's aren't really helpful to their artists because a they all want to be influencers. Nobody's subservient to the craft, right? Like, we just did in-stores, five in-stores across the country. I went and did every in-store with him because I started out doing in-stores, getting CD signed. There's no task too big. Like, you know, you need some coffee, bro. You need me to, you know, make sure you get a wake-up call, bro. Like, it's it's about being a servant to the process. Yeah. So it's nothing too big. But at the same time, he'll trust me to bring in instrumentalists and help write records or co-produce records, and he don't question it. So it's mm -hmm. like you have to be able to do everything, check off every box. And I don't think there's a lot of people in that space still willing to serve and be a subservient to, to the process. Ain't nothing bigger than the process. Nothing. Nothing's mm -hmm. bigger than the process. Everybody's a cog in the assembly line. You know what I'm saying? So we just all got to perform to that functionality. I was going to say, like, I was wondering at one point, like, I thought about you doing the projects with producers, and I'm like, man, is there another artist that you could work with? But you need someone that's willing to submit to the art. Someone that's willing to be like, yo, I always thought like, not even always. I remember you played, I didn't even know you had known Tyler for a long time. You played that record at Tyler at your crib before shit released. And I'm like, what? And you're like, bro, he's a great, like, it was him rapping before this chapter of him rapping came yeah. back and the rest of us Something got to, to see about. it. Yeah. And I felt like I'm like, yo, could Freddie and Tyler do a joint project like are there are there other artists or projects <laughs> that you like we could do give me my money Yo, we can do it Tyler Tyler I mean, I'm gonna call your mama rap, Tyler yeah, yeah. I'll you, call Tyler's mama <laughs> could, you, could you see that like you and Tyler doing a joint yeah, yeah I'm gonna Tyler. call his mama and make it happen I'm like get him to do we've, this we've loved Tyler since 2010 or whenever that you know bastard before, yeah. before the world loved him cause now he's yeah. there but you had I always loved Tyler that's like a little I brought him and Clancy to Stone's Throw 
and he laid in the middle of the street in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tyler, man. He's such a fucking weirdo. I love. It's like, you, how can you not love a guy like that? Man? But he's an example of someone we look at too. Of like, right? When he does stuff, he's shifting the whole world. You know yeah. what I mean? He's changing the way people approach stuff. Yeah, he's definitely a. Uh, like you said, he's somebody, it's, like I said, he's like a little brother to me, but I look up to him at the same time, too, because I see the things that he does, and I'm like, what the And he fuck? has no like, fear. He doesn't amazing. care. He, he has no fear at all whatsoever. I was in the studio with him, and I was like, man, you know, to, like, I like how you be twisting that gay shit. He was like, I'm not gay. Then his girlfriend was like, yes, you are. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, nigga, you can't swim, man. Like, I, man, I, lo <laughs> I love Tyler, the creator, man. Like, you know, it's, you know, I can't say enough about him, man, so... You know, you never know what you're going to get from that motherfucker, man. That's why I love him. It's like in this seat, it's easy to armchair A&R. Yeah. But it's like, I was like, who else will submit to the craft and wants to make something that, that plays the rap Olympics? That's like, I'm going to do it all. I'm going to do it all at a high level. And I'm going to really like, like you said, be subservient to it and be like, it's, it's the process. And then on the other end of that, you do become influential, right? The other end of that, you do end up getting the respect. The music man, is great. The amount of looking in the fucking mirror that we did in this project, like, you don't know how many times we like, looked each other and be like, yo, are we are we on the right path? Especially like me and Lambo because, you know, he's on tour and in between working building his body at work, he's been on tour. He did two tours this year. So it's like me and Lambo looking at each other saying like, okay, we think this is the best shit that we've created. Mm -hmm. I wonder what everybody else is doing. How does it stack up? Where does it compare to this? And you you know you this comes from just having blinders on the straight tunnel vision where you're not really checking, but you're just wondering who else is working as hard as we working. Yeah. And, you know, I think the quality of the album, the repeat listenings, the 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 general response to it or whatnot and how people are feeling about the body of work speaks to it. It's like when you're in the gym and you're hitting the bench press and you, you know, constantly inclining, you just want to know, like, the, the other thing you're playing, are they in the gym as much as we are? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. What's What's been... um. I don't want to say reaction, but like what's been like someone outside of the camp reached out and been like, yo, this is this is it or a remark or, you know, I just talked to Lena Waif this morning. She told me it was a classic. So that's tight. <laughs> that's, that's random as hell. And I love that. And that's my girl, man. Yeah. I love her to death, man. She, you know, what I mean, she reaffirmed that to me. She's like, yo, you need that hardware. She was like, you need to win the Grammy for this album. She told me that this morning. That's fire. And I was like. Okay, I'm we've been getting like that. a lot of amazing feedback. Yeah, yeah a lot of amazing even... feedback, and like I said, from good people. Yeah, you know what I mean, like people that we trust. Like I said, man, and that all comes with having good taste, man. I think you know on yeah. the music, the rollout, kind of everything. Like, yeah, it's been cool because we know we work so hard on it, but that's like you know you sit in the dark working hard, and then you hope people understand. Hope they get it, it. you know. Yeah, because there were many times we were like, you know, uh oh, what if they don't get it? You know what I mean? All right. What's the thing about like being experimental and, and doing that? Sometimes they don't. You know that the and the world keeps rap. changing. Yeah, I mean, an album could drop tomorrow, and it's like, oh shit. I think for this year in rap, it's really interesting, man, because um, the way I know so much music drops, and it's Friday for us, mm -hmm. and who's kind of filling up the group chats on Friday? And I don't know. It's kind of awkward, like when a records like being marketed is the biggest deal, and then. Yeah. It's not even, people aren't even slandering. People just don't say shit. Yeah. And this has been one where everyone's like, yo, you heard it, right? I'm like, I I'm me, I heard it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, I heard it. Yeah. But like, it's that. The Popeye's chicken sandwich wasn't a fucking phenomenon because of marketing. Niggas was eating that sandwich. Yeah, that shit was delicious. Word of mouth. You know it was saying? a problem. It was word of mouth. And it's like, as long as you got the best product, people are going to talk about it. We were in New York last week and we were on our way to dinner. And literally, I let the window down. It's a car. It's a guy next to me. I had to put it on Instagram. The guy next to me is playing our album. I was you can say he was eating the Popeye's chicken sandwich. No, 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 no. I feel him. But he he, he playing the album, and I, I I flag him down. I'm like, bro, 
you fuck with the, that's the Freddie Gibbs on? He's like, hell yeah. I'm like, what's your favorite song? He like, Lobster Omelette. He don't even know Freddie in this fucking car. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, much love, bro, but we in New York. You know what I'm saying? Like, days after the album comes out, that's the response. That's yeah. it. Because I can't Hang it outside. I can't buy that shit. Yeah. It, can, it can't be sold. And no, you know what I'm and no machine can, can make that. LeBron. Yeah, we don't. We didn't ask him to do that. And our Bron, I ain't man. even know LeBron knew who I was to the Super Bowl when he walked like up. Like KD's, KD's that, always been a that's Freddy, fire. KD's like, been yeah. bumping Freddie Gibbs for years, right? Yeah, we didn't know. We didn't know LeBron knew. Yeah, and when I he was know. bumping that, you could tell he was actually like really feeling it. Yeah, yeah. we were like, whoa. When he told me at Super Bowl that he liked my music, yeah, I was like, what? Like that was amazing. Music? Just hearing it from people like that is insane because that guy's the top of what he does. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? Shout out my boy Jalen Brunson too, man. Oh, he, yeah. We went, went to the game. Went to the game. You know what I'm saying? And then he after just, the game, he was wearing a Freddie Gibbs shirt. He was wearing shirt. a shirt. I didn't even see him, but he had the shirt on. We I didn't give like, him the shirt. Damn, I, I didn't. He just had it. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, man, I like like Lambo said, we creating the whole world. You know what I mean? And yeah. to be at this point, uh, at, at this point of our career, you know what I mean? At, at this late of a stage, it's great, man, because it just shows how much longer we got to go, you know? And you know what to do with it. And you don't got to fall off being a rapper, man. No, because mm-hmm. look at other genres. Bruce Springsteen didn't fall off. Neil Young didn't no. fall off. Yeah. You could do this forever. You can do this Red forever. You, they never fell off. If you exist in your own world and you kind of just do what you want to do and you don't compete with the world and you just create, like, out of what you're feeling, you know what I mean? You yeah. can really last forever. You can last forever. All this stuff about a rapper can't be this age, that's just... You know what I mean? That's yeah, just noise. Yeah. Rappers Static. burn themselves out, yeah. I think. I think a lot of a lot of time guys give us like I said, we in the streaming era. So I mean, you know, guys are under a lot of pressure to put out more product, you know, mm-hmm. at a rapid pace. And um I think that a lot that's fucking a lot of guys up because shit, we don't miss you. You know what I mean? Like shit, you put out an album, you put out two albums a year, like shit, next year we're not gonna give a fuck. But also you know what I'm saying? like having the real estate and like the bravery to be like I'm gonna set the tone for my career so when someone does it major label does come around they're not confused as to who you are right. it's kinda hard to be like well I just did 40, 40 track albums and then you're like I wanna do 10 label's like that's not why we're even sitting here for, right. with you you know mm-hmm. no Freddie went to a label and they were interested in him because he's great not because of anything else you yeah know? any other we like, were never on the radio before yeah it wasn't right. like yo give us another radio hit it's right. like no let's make some music and you guys help us get it on the radio. Yeah. That's how it should be. Y'all mentioned Brian, but you have KD on the album. First off, <laughs> KD don't talk to no one. Like, he don't do, he won't do NBA press. KD and, and Rich he, are our guys. Yeah, yeah, and he's on the album. Yeah, shout out to KD. That's like my dog, man. I just, that, was e- that was an easy call. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit, if I was going to have somebody on there like that, it was definitely going to be him. When you do that, what's that ask like? It's easy. It's easy, shit. We talk all the time, so I was just like, hey, I'm recording the album. You were just at the game. Yeah, I was just at the game with him the other day. So. I feel like Katie's got good rap taste. He has great taste. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And he feels like, I'm not going to say it's like a comparison to his style of play, but he's like a purist yeah. in a way. Yeah. I would say so, yeah, definitely. He it's, it's definitely a lot of shit that he don't fuck with. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he yeah, he definitely got a good We ear. first linked to him because he was bumping Fetty driving to the Warriors game on his Instagram story. Yeah, definitely. That's fire. Whereas I feel like Bron is like, I'm not going to say he he has, I feel like Bron's like, I know all the mainstream records that drop and then he's got good taste. Yeah. So to be in the same spot where you can hear, he has the same ear. Just to be, the, the fact that we in a mainstream space that LeBron could catch it. Because LeBron, LeBron yeah. doesn't have time to search for nah. stuff. He That had to be on his radar. You know and even I mean? for him to love it, right? For Bron to throw something on like an IG story, Bron's aware of his impact and yeah. what he shares for him. That was amazing. Like, yeah. That's right. that's pri- priceless. Like, yeah. Priceless. I saw people on the internet like, how did you guys pay him to do that? You can't pay him to do I'm that. I'm going to pay a billionaire. Yeah. I'm going to pay him. <laughs> yeah. 
What does he say to you after Super Bowl when he rolls up to you? Man, I thought he was going to beat my ass, man, because I had been making Laker jokes on my Instagram story. So I was just like, damn, bro. Like, when I seen him, it was just like, you know, shit, I'm not no little motherfucker, but, you know, motherfucker that's six foot ten stand behind you, and you like... Yeah, you got like, like... Damn, like, LeBron is up. one of the largest individuals that i ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, not just tall, but just big. And yeah. I was just like... He was like, man, gave me a hard-ass handshake. I was like... Damn, right. he was like, man, I fuck with you, bro. I fuck with you hard. I was like, damn, okay. Then I had to think. I'm like, the nigga is a Midwest nigga. He from Akron, dog. Yeah. Of course, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I didn't, I didn't think about that. I just, you know, it's LeBron James. That's like Michael Jordan, my nigga. You don't think the nigga fuck with it you? Is. I didn't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I didn't know if he would fuck with my music like that. I didn't know. He's like, you know, you put that nigga. He up there like that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't think that he rocked with my music because I didn't think that I was on, you know, in a commercial space or a mainstream space. You know what I mean? So for him to fuck with it, it was love, man. You guys are in the running for album of the year. I feel like you aim to do that. Like that's the goal, right? To be like, yo, we want album of the year. But you guys also started talking about Grammys here. Is that a is that a desire? And I ask because. Sometimes there's a conversation about we're not interested or we didn't come in to make that. I don't know if anyone sets out to be like, we're making a Grammy album. But when your shit's out and the world's responding to it, is it something that enters your mind? And I say that also because sometimes when people first, they go to the Grammys and the Grammys don't do the right thing, it can be a way to kind of be like, ah, I, ain't f I don't really care. I'm not going in to uh, make an album if I'm not going in to make one of the best rap albums of the year. Okay. So that's the mentality off the top that's been the mentality from the jump you know what I mean now whether I get Grammy nominated or not that remains to be seen mm -hmm. you know what I mean hopefully but um, I uh, why, why why do this shit if I'm not trying to win the Grammy <laughs> you know what I'm saying like it, it's no point you yeah. know what I mean I think that uh, you know shit you don't start the NBA season not wanting to win the championship. I don't give a fuck if you the Charlotte Hornets. Let's win like 16 you know games. Like they, yeah. Even they would have win the championship. <laughs> even the Washington Wizards want to win the championship. You yeah. know what I'm so it's like, you know, um, that's always the focus, man. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, you know, all in all, is just to make the best product that we can make. You know what I mean? Our our, our names, our lives, our careers on the line with this. You, you know, we're not coming out with no boo-boo. We don't got time for that. Yeah. I think uh, my last question is just what is this, not where does this live rank-wise, but what does this add to the Freddie Gibbs uh, canon, to the Freddie Gibbs world that maybe wasn't previously there? I think it, this is just like the evolution. You know, you we never set out to do the same thing twice. Mm -hmm. So it's like you have like the, the first Bulls finals, 91, 92, 93 or whatever, and then you have 96, 97, 98. And I feel like this is that second half. Like, this is mm. Bandana, Alfredo, and this. The early right. phases were the mixtapes and pinata. It's like when the Bulls got Robin. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, like we, we put it on steroids where it's yeah. like, okay, we've won. Like, to us, we won with Bandana. We won with Alfredo. Trophy or not, we felt like we won. We made a cultural impact. Right. For sure. With lots of people, and that's what we're set out to do. Right. And this time, we did it, and we were like, let's show people what else we can do. Let's not do that again. You right. know what I mean? Mm. like respect to all that we love that but that's just one facet of Freddie Gibbs mm -hmm. let's show them the album that when Freddie Gibbs first started rapping we were gonna make with a bunch of producers and, and yeah. let's show them how you can do that and everyone can question it and be like why would you work with all these people how is it gonna fit together let's do that and make it fit together almost right. like an ensemble cast or something you know yeah. and like let's give that to the people and they can't question it. Now, what can you question? You know, right. he's done all of that. He's on the radio now. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's in the, un like, he's the king of the underground. He's on the radio. Like, you know, we can, we can kind of, we wanted to show we could do it all. Yeah. And, and that's just, you know, like me and Lambo's mentality is always to uh, eliminate the mediocrity. 
You know what I mean? Like, we don't give a fuck about, like, being mediocre. You know, I either want you to hate this shit yeah. or love it. I'd rather mm. be... I'd rather you be like, that shit is trash as fuck. I'd rather <laughs> hate a song or love a song than right. not feel anything about it. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want yeah. you to not feel nothing. You're going to feel you gonna feel me till you kill me. You yeah, that's saying? that being in the in-between shit is so weird because it's like, am I just into the beat? Like, I don't even know. And then eventually I'd stop trying to be curious. I want to feel something yeah. when I hear a song or watch something. And, mm -hmm. and that was our intent, like, Every song on the album had to serve its own purpose to make you feel something different. We didn't want to have any two songs that did the same thing or gave you the same emotion or reaction. Yeah, and we did it on our terms. Yeah, Like, you mm. can look at this entire body of work, and day one, Freddie fans can feel like he didn't compromise and tigger. I mean, hence the term, the title, so, so separately. But it's like, not only was it done on our terms, but, you know, to Lambo's point, what can you say? Like, we're number 35 on radio, rhythm, you know, number 45 impact and um, right now on urban, like, and the charts, we just starting, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we just starting, you got a top 11 debut, uh, biggest debut of his entire career or whatnot, you know what I'm saying? Um, top of the charts, you know, uh, biggest rap album in the country right now. What can anyone say? You know, from a commercial to a critical acclaim, like, yeah. we checked all the fucking boxes and he did it the way he wanted it to do. Because I had people come to me, is the whole album going to be, like, too much? Like, when that came out? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, just listen to the album. Listen to the album. And then they heard it. These are, like, journalists, you know? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh. And I was like, exactly. And that's what I meant. That's what I meant in the beginning, like, uh, when I said that people thought that we was going to go over there and fuck it up. That's yeah. what they thought. So mm -hmm. when they heard too much, they was like, oh, shit. I was seeing the comments. I was like, yeah, people was like, yeah, I like the song, but... Damn, he about to do a Freddie whole... Freddie sold out. Yeah, he sold yeah, like out. Sold, sold like, separately, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ha-ha, psych, motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I had to really give him... Shit, I went in this motherfucker album swinging, and I wasn't, you know, taking no for an answer. We did what we had to do. I mean, I think in my seat as a listener, part of the audience, and then just a journalist, like, mission accomplished, man. Appreciate yeah. that. Thank you, bro. Thank that means a lot. Yeah, that's it for this week's episode of the Rap Caviar Podcast. Make sure you follow and turn on notifications to stay up to date with each episode. And we'll see you guys next week.